0: It's time to get real, reality TV aficionados. Welcome to the Giorgio Says Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Giorgio Takanakis, and I'm here serving you the juiciest updates on all your favorite reality shows weekly, as well as the hottest pop culture trends, and even exclusive interviews that will leave you wanting more. This podcast will keep you on the edge of your seat. We definitely need to talk about this. The Giorgio Says Podcast starts now. All right, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Giorgio Says the Podcast. Happy Monday. Um, yeah. So today's episode, you guys, I know I always recap Real Housewives of the Potomac, but oh. Uh, you watched my recap on TikTok and Instagram, you already know what I feel about it. So I'm going to utilize this episode to give you a little bit more than what I gave in terms of a recap for Potomac, but I'm not going to give a full detailed one because, A, it felt like the longest episode ever. Um, And it seems that there are some women who are refusing to try to move forward with the other ladies so it's putting a negative impact on just the overall energy of the cast it feels like separate shows in one episode happening because it's just it doesn't feel cohesive and people are not liking it a lot of the comments reflect that but um i still want to point out a few of the highlights that were in the episode um that were uh interesting Karen Huger. Thank God for Karen Huger. Um, But yeah, so there's some other things. So yes, I normally do quick tea, but I think that there was a lot of things that came up or that are happening currently in the Bravo world. And so I'm going to expand a little bit into some longer tea, if you will, and just kind of bring you guys up to speed on a few things that have been going on. Um, because a lot kind of happened over the weekend. Um, P.S., if you guys are on uh, TikTok, uh, Nikki versus Meg the Stallion, the diss tracks, um, that is literally the most entertaining side of TikTok right now. If you know, you know. I'm not going to go into it here. but. It is very, very entertaining. That's what I'll say. Um, and also, shout out to Meg the Stallion. She's a fellow Aquarius as well. So the diss track uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, anyways, we're bef- going to stop ranting now and get into basically what's been going on in the Bravo world. We have news for... Um, Beverly Hills, they shot, they filmed their reunion last week. Jesus Juggs is officially friend of. When Denise Richards was on Jeff Lewis Live, she kind of, in my opinion, um, insinuated perhaps that even though she did not want the weed in her dinner, the THC, which we saw on the show, she asked for zero, um but she kind of implies this thing where like she's not sure why she was so like wackadoodle um as Lisa Renna would say but um so I'm going to go into that because the chef made a really uh big clapback online the big elephant in the room currently is ultimate girls trip as we know Brandy has come out she's basically begging them to air it so that she can be proven innocent because now Caroline Manzo's not suing Brandy. She's suing Bravo NBC. Anyways, let's just get right into it. All right, you guys. So as I mentioned, this is not going to be quick tea because I have a, a number of things that um, I want to kind of bring you guys up to speed on. But I guess where I'll start with all of this is Car- the Caroline Manzo, because that's the biggest one right now. Um, last week it came out that she was uh, going to be suing Bravo, the production company, NBC, um, over this sexual assault um, allegation that she had in the whole situation with her and Brandy while they were filming. But this document, I'm going to. Um, read you a portion where where it's detailing basically Caroline's uh, story and how things played out for her. So it's quite interesting because I read it through a couple times and I just have questions. So I'm just gonna preface this by saying, in no way am I diminishing anything that Caroline Manzo felt or was triggered by, um, because it's clear that you know. This absolutely was a triggering moment, nonetheless. But outside of that, I still have some questions around basically what I read through, because some of it just seemed
1: a little bit. I don't want
0: to say overdramatized, but maybe it was kind of giving you a stringed out narrative of using the same keywords and buzzwords. And there's even a portion where they go into like when Brandy was on season two and like give you the marker on the episode, the, you know, the time where it starts. And it was really clear that the narrative was to obviously, you know, point out or alleged that Brandy, in fact, was, you know, sexually assaulting Caroline. And she clearly felt some type of way about the fact that, you know, production or nobody seemingly was there to, like, you know, do anything about it. In fact, they kind of force her, or not force her, but they ask her to be in situations with Brandy after she's already stated that, she's not comfortable being in the same space as Brandy. So it's really kind of like interesting because like even today, Camille Grammer posted some photos from that trip in Morocco. And she's done this before. Like she really does. She's always been an advocate of the show airing because I've seen her post on Twitter and I've actually engaged with her about it because I've even asked her like do you know like anything Cause, like I'm like we really want to see this at some point and she always was like yeah I don't know what's going on like but she posts you know quite regularly it feels you know from this trip so I don't feel like and Brandy clearly wants this footage to air she wants it to be seen for what you know what she's I think believes will free her of this allegation that's been, you know, following her around. And, you know, quite frankly, like I I really kind of, I feel, I feel bad for Brandy and I'm not, I'm going to say this too. I'm not excusing, you know, the, the boundaries that are, you know, not there or they're blurred for brandy but i absolutely don't think that sometimes sometimes i feel like because brandy is just so transparent about everything like she doesn't try to put up a front she'll say things that are wild and yes i agree there's like a lot of moments where you're like oh my gosh i can't believe you said that but that's who she is she's like that's what you see is what you get with her i think we see that that's clear as day so when it comes to her being free with her ways of displaying affection okay i don't think that should be used against her what i'm saying is like if she's just very comfortable in her skin sexually and feels free and and is not ashamed of it in any capacity I don't think that links to just automatically like giving her this, like, because there's like the investigation that was done, I believe, came back basically like inconclusive. Like, there was not anything that they could solidify into making this claim. So, it, you know, Caroline doesn't want this footage to air, obviously, because maybe that would be obviously more triggering for her. And again, like, I'm not negating that she was triggered or that this didn't bring up a lot of trauma or, you know, templates that she has around, you know, her own sexual assault experience. And yeah, like that, that's not a question in my mind. That's not even a, that's not where my questions are. So let me just read you guys. All right, so it's, it's, obviously like a play-by-play from Caroline's uh, POV, but essentially it says Manzo walked on set and into the film shoot. Manzo made a conscious effort to be kind to Glanville in order to move past the argument between Glanville and Manzo. While on set, Manzo approached the bar to have a drink. Immediately, Manzo noticed that the castmates were drinking and some castmates appeared intoxicated. Throughout the trip, the other housewives would frequently comment to Manzo that she had large breasts. Cast members asked Manzo, are they real or fake? Later that evening, January twenty fourth, 2023, Manzo and her castmates retreated to a couch near the bar to watch a snake handler. Clearly intoxicated, Glanville walked over to Manzo, spread Manzo's legs, and leaned into Manzo. She then laid her head on Manzo's inner thigh. Manzo pulled away and moved to the end of the couch. Manzo is five foot tall in height compared to Glanville, who is close to six feet tall. Exerting her dominance over Manzo, Glanville followed Manzo and sat right next to Manzo on the couch. Glanville proceeded to kiss Manzo with a closed mouth, Glanville then kissed Manzo again. Manzo was very uncomfortable. Glanville then proceeded to mount Manzo on the couch, holding Manzo down with her body, forcibly squeezed Manzo's cheeks together and thrust her tongue in Manzo's mouth while humping her. Manzo tried to push Glanville off her body. However, Glanville was restraining Manzo with her much greater weight, size, and strength and was unable to free herself. Eventually, Manzo was finally able to break free from Glanville. Manzo, distraught, scared, and confused, got up from the couch. She went over to hold one of the snakes in order to distract herself from the assault that had just occurred. Manzo tried to remain as calm as she could, all the while trying to comprehend what had just happened. When Manzo was seven years old, she was sexually assaulted. Glanville's sexual assault made all of these dormant and horrific memories immediately resurface. Manzo again felt like she was seven years old and began to relive her previous sexual assaults in the context of this sexual assault. She was in a state of shock. Okay, so the amount of times that they aren't, like, making sure to use, Manzo was sexually assaulted, sexual assault, sexual assault, sexual... Like, they're really drilling it in to, like, prove the point. Manzo, overcome and distraught, then went to the bathroom to wash her hands. Now, this is where I start to have some questions. Okay, so it says, Manzo overcome and distraught, overcome and distraught, then went to the bathroom to wash her hands. Brandy Glanville, Gretchen Rossi, Alex McCord, and Caroline Manzo walked into the bathroom at the same time. Okay, so they're all now in, they're in the bathroom together. As Manzo stood at the sink washing her hands, Glanville entered the bathroom and came behind Manzo, forced her vagina against Manzo's buttocks, breasts against Manzo's back, wrapped her long arms around Manzo, forcibly restraining her and began washing her hands with Manzo's hands intertwined. Immediately, Manzo tried to exit the bathroom. The bathroom door was locked. Glanville pinned Manzo's body against the door, Glanville pressed her breasts and vagina against Manzo. Manzo tried to unlock the door, but could not get out. Glanville repeatedly hit Manzo's hands away from the door lock. Glanville then reached around Manzo's body and then groped, grabbed, and forcibly fondled Manzo's vagina and breasts. At the same time, Glanville pushed her face into Manzo's neck in order to kiss her. From inside the bathroom, Manzo cries, help, 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 but no one ever came. Defendants' producers are listening to the interaction on audio and even send one of them to the bathroom door to investigate, but he never opened the door or took any other action to intervene and stop the sexual assault. Manzo, visibly shaken, was finally let out of the bathroom after housewife of New York, Alex McCord, saw what was happening and unlocked the bathroom door so Manzo could leave. After the sexual assault, Manzo, clearly shaken, tried to gather herself together all the while thinking to herself, you are here to do your job, do your job, and proceeded to the dining room for dinner. At the dinner table, as Manzo was trying to regain her composure, defendant's employee Glanville Screamed across the table to a crew member producer named Laser, a married man, and said, I want to F you. Manzo proceeded to get up from the table to use the bathroom once again. Glanville tried to go into the bathroom twice that night, again with Manzo. Glanville said, I'm going with you. You've had too much to drink. Manzo stated she was not intoxicated and that she was fine. Glanville started massaging Manzo's breasts and Manzo objected, telling Glanville, I think it's time for you to leave. Manzo stated, I got abused. At one point, Eva, another cast member, stated, Brandy is over accosting her and she wants it to stop, referring to Manzo. Defendants continued filming plaintiff throughout, even though she was in distress from the sexual assaults. Okay, so I mean, they're like, it, it's it's pretty it makes brandy look awful let's let's be honest okay um the amount of times that glanville and sexual assault are like next to each other is now i don't again i'm not taking away from how that made caroline feel in terms of like Brandy roughhousing with her and, and being overtly sexual and throwing herself on her as it's been stated in this uh document here. But some of it seems like, well, first of all, if she was screaming help, 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 because in the document it's clear that that was inferring that she was yelling, because it's written in all caps. If there's an audio person, which there is, listening to everyone's mic they would hear that right i don't know like why wouldn't they come and investigate i know they don't typically get, they're not they don't go into the bathroom really and film in there that's usually a safe space but your mic is still on so there should have been some audio i would think where it would lead someone to be like wait something's going on in there." But there was also, it wasn't just Brandy and Caroline in there alone. You have Gretchen and Alex McCord. So
1: if, but it seems like even Alex McCord is cool with Brandy. Because
0: I don't see them like they seem to be engaging each other whenever it's you know whatever suitable when it makes sense to but yeah i see them and so if if that was really something that was going on i can't see why that would be acceptable for them like i would have a problem with that you know what i mean like i wouldn't be friendly with someone who who was doing that now again i'm not saying that caroline didn't feel triggered and maybe like maybe the the whole thing was just more like triggering and now embarrassment and now she's on camera and it's been a while since she's been on camera and maybe she doesn't want to be looking like this on camera there's a slew of things slew of them and i'm not negating any any of it but i do think it's interesting that the lawsuit you know is obviously pointed at you know bravo and production and stuff like that. And obviously, like Brandy doesn't have the kind of money for them to go after her anyway. So but it is stalling Brandy because that's, you know, why she really wants she clearly feels like people watching the show or watching that footage in particular would clear her name. Caroline doesn't want it out. But I guess my question is, well, then can't we just have someone internally that's dealing with the case? Look at the footage? I'm sure they did when they did the internal investigation which then was inconclusive.
1: There wasn't anything out of it and and I feel like
0: why then didn't why then didn't they Caroline why didn't she file a a formal police report? I mean, yes, that is reading that, I would be like absolutely filing a police report and making sure everything is documented and and all of that because like I don't know, I don't know you guys. there's just something a little
1: bit doesn't it doesn't
0: make sense just, I, I I just feel like and I know there's a lot of theories out there, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because there was those were kind of but this has been kind of like old news like would this happen like a year ago and i just feel like at this point like yes they they don't probably want to show it because yeah it would be triggering for her because that was something that clearly triggered her however i don't know
1: brandy does not seem to think it went that way and clearly is
0: pretty much begging for them to air it. And I think that's probably like why like Camille's posting the pictures from the trip and commenting that they, you know, they should air it. So clearly like,
1: I don't know, but
0: then again, it's like, is it, it, it it's not like this is something that is going to come out anytime soon, if it ever does which is sad because I feel like, I don't know, unless they like wait until this whole legal process. Cause I'm pretty sure like, they're not going to actually like go to, they're not going to go to court with like, they're just going to s- settle with her in some capacity. But then that draws another question for me about this. Like, well, does that mean then is now Caroline Manzo now going to be blacklisted from Bravo and doing any other future tv things because of this i'm only asking because it's like well you know nini sued bravo and her production company i believe yeah it was both and she's been blacklisted ever since she's doing she's hosting a reunion on the zeus network no shade to them i just like she's been impacted So is this going to impact Caroline? Not that Caroline's been dying to get back on TV, but she clearly was interested in coming back for this. And now we're not going to see it more than likely unless they settle. And then they, you know, let the dust settle afterwards and then they air it. Cause then it probably will be, well, maybe that would work in their benefit. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it would be like, maybe a lot of people would stream it more because it, it took so long and all the controversy around it. Nonetheless, I don't know. I just not saying like Brandy's perfect. And if she was making Caroline feel uncomfortable, then then yeah, she has to be held accountable for that. But it seems that HR was involved. They investigated it, like I said, so it doesn't seem like there was anything that came out of it. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just wondering because it seems like if she was having that sort of interaction in the bathroom, let's say, like Alex, Gretchen, like
1: nobody could unlock the door. I mean, I know Brandy is taller, but I also feel like,
0: I'm just speculating, but I would feel like Caroline Manson could probably like just, one two punch and like knock her all the way back if she needed to. I mean, she's she's like she's very slim and and like tall and like lean. She's not so. But if that was happening, how was it that no one came to her rescue? Not Gretchen, not Alex. Alex just came and just was like, "What was going on in the bathroom?" that no one understood that this was not because it says she's saying help 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 but yet no one came to help so i don't between the audio people being able to hear everything and then having the other two women in the bathroom at the same time like where was the where was the urgency from them And I read the part where they reference like, Eva saying, like, she's being accosted too much, like, meaning, like, she she needs a chill. That's, like, any other situation where Brandy's just wild and, and drunk and crazy and, like, does something to piss, you know, someone off. And sometimes it gets to be too much. And so I think they're trying to, like... I'm reading that differently than what they're trying to imply with that statement that, you know, Eva said this, but like, then again, it's like, well, then maybe they should just watch the footage. Maybe they should subpoena the footage to watch just for the situation, at least to be able to like allow Brandy to have the right to like defend herself and try to clear her name. I feel like this is just kind of like, it's just painting more of this picture. Cause like, you know, you guys heard the I mean the amount of times the word you know sexual assault was used pretty much you know a word or two away from glanville was very like you know very specific so I just I wonder At <sighs> any rate that's the big elephant that's been in the room um I I hope they get this sorted out quickly I know a lot of people really do want to watch this ultimate girls trip because it looks like it would it's going to be, it would be good. And I mean, outside of this situation. Um, but, you know, we'll see. But we definitely need to get into uh, Denise Richards. I don't know why. I wish she would just be real, you know, be honest, just say like, I drank too much on the way to Kyle's wee dinner she always tries to make another story up and conjure up some different like, or it pulls the, I don't know how this happened bit. And it's just like, it's really interesting, but she was on Jeff Lewis live uh, last week and she, they were talking about the weed dinner and and she basically said she had like a sideways night. And even when she got home, Aaron was like, what is going on with you? I think that she doesn't want to admit, maybe, perhaps, she took something to calm her nerves, and just, and not, I'm, this is what it looked like to me. She took something, perhaps, to calm her nerves, and maybe she had one too many cocktail or drinks on the way to the dinner to try to relax her nerves, because she knew she was going to be filming, right? Right. But I think that slowly like caught up with her. And I think it all just hit her because I'm sure also the energy when you're filming is like intense. And so if she was already going down that slope, then it was like downhill for real. Like she was a mess. We, we can all agree with that. But she, also, she tries to like almost imply that because they go back and forth. Like he's like, well, do you think that maybe you got weak? And you accidentally got weed in your food, or like that, you they switched your plate by accident, or they and they put weed in your they were implying, like, either the chef made a boo boo on the whole, like, because you know, in the episode, they're very clear. They show us, like, each of the ladies get, like, if they got it, how much dosage they were getting in theirs, and the ones that weren't getting any would say zero, and so. Denise said she didn't want it because she also says on the Jeff Lewis uh, show that like she's tried it a couple of times. It doesn't agree with her. I don't feel like that was like THC behavior. It felt more like I drank something and took something and here I am. But nonetheless, the chef from that dinner party, he... um he spoke out and he clapped back at Denise rightfully so because the way that they were going on about it, it kind of, it was just implying that like, she was drugged perhaps, maybe allegedly what, like she doesn't know, she doesn't know how she got like, that's not, I don't know what's going on with people trying to like make up these like, implied allegations like that where they're super duper serious and that could like be damaging specifically because Denise Richards is she's Denise fucking Richards. Like you're saying this on the radio with Jeff Lewis, who's also in my opinion, enabling it a little bit because he obviously like was going back and forth about it, but the herbal chef on Instagram is the the guy's name. And I, you know what, good for him because listen, it's, it could have damaged his reputation. And that like, that, that would imply that someone's like drugging you without you wanting to be like, that's not, that's not the vibe. But anyways, so he writes, Denise Richards, you are such a damn liar, Denise. It's embarrassing. And you should be ashamed of yourself. Let me tell you what really happened. Denise walked into Kyle's house absolutely obliterated. I believe that. Because she looked a mess when they when they pulled up. Her first slurred words to me were, Do you know who I am? Followed by a bunch of other gibberish that we could barely make out. In every interview since this episode aired, you've acted as if you had no idea what was going on, We must have slipped something in your food or bottled water. Really? We went over how the evening would go with you and everyone else at the table, including specifying how dosage works and what we take our responsibility and that we take our responsibility very seriously, especially when someone would rather abstain from cannabis. It would be detrimental to my business if we left our guests incapacitated. Do you, don't you think? See, this should have been such a beautiful moment for cannabis and the positive influence it could have in one's life if consumed responsibly. We take pride in our work, and I have built an unparalleled level of trust with the community and the world at large through years, in all caps, of dedication to educating our guests and the curious minds around us through seminars, dinners, expos, and social media. It has been painstaking to try and showcase the credibility of the science behind cannabis and its uses. Your freebie ego oh sorry, your feeble ego can't even admit that you have something else going on and arrived under the influence from something else. that you have to try and blame others instead of taking responsibility. Then you have the audacity to say, "How could Kyle Richards throw this party if she's sober? or you think Pretty Mess said she was fucked up, you were in another realm. And it was only you because, spoiler alert, you have some deep-seated issues that you are clearly working through in your own heart. Not surprised one bit that cannabis doesn't agree with you. It has a tendency to mirror one's truest self. And the enablers, Jeff Lewis, you should be ashamed of yourself, too, did you not watch the episode and just felt it was your duty to suck up to every single person sitting across from you in that chair? I mean, it, he continues, but I mean, that's the gist like it's it's very clear, like I mean, we all saw it, you know, we all saw it, and good like I said, good for him for sticking up for himself, sticking up for the science that you know all that is cannabis. Like it it was, a, it was supposed to be a more teaching moment as well to his point. And it just, when she does that, it just makes everyone seem like they're stupid or that, like, we're all just being like, Oh yeah, sure. Like she does. I do think she's like all her trauma is caught up with her. I do. And I, I do wonder sometimes, like maybe it's time for her to take a, a break, like go live for a while, go sit by the beach. Like, I don't know what goes on in her house, but like, she just doesn't seem like the same Denise Richards. So it's clearly a lot of stuff going on there. But I do agree. I don't think it's right that she blames it on something else and takes like zero accountability, you know, because she kind of does that a lot. Um, and she, she was a mess. It's all I'm, I mean, I don't know what else
1: to say about that. Sorry, girl. Um, all right. <sighs> Real Housewives of
0: Beverly Hills reunion. We got um, just not a lot happened, really. Uh, there was a moment. Um, and shout out to your moms are watching because I saw the She had uh, put up the tea first Um, and also they had a surprise guest at the reunion and da-da-da, it was Kathy Hilton. Yes, Hunky Dory was at the Beverly Hills reunion and then Bravo confirmed that because they posted a picture of her coming out of her trailer. Um, Now, I'm not sure why she was there unless there's something coming up that we haven't seen yet. Um, maybe she makes a surprise appearance towards the end. I don't know. Maybe there's something she wants to clear up. That was my guess. Maybe she had something she wanted to say regarding things that were left unsaid, maybe from last year's reunion with Kyle. Who knows? Um, so that's kind of fun because it's like, it might be solidifying her coming back to the show as well, which would make sense. Um, and I think a lot of people want her back on the show. Uh, Cause it's Kathy Hilton and she is Beverly Hills. And let's be honest, whether you love every bit of who she is and everything that she does, which not everybody can be 100% of everything. She is humorous. She's very entertaining. And she, she has it. She's got all the boxes checked without even having to blink. I mean, she can just literally be herself. Um, I mean, this, She was just on a page six interview talking about how her and Rick go to Cheesecake Factory once a week for date night. And I just think that is just the cutest thing because it's like it's Kathy Hilton and Rick Hilton going to Cheesecake Factory and talking about how good the food is. It makes you feel like this is like. People want to watch that, you know what I mean? I do at least. I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think I think most people would agree that she's good for the show, because um, she's got a like she's got a quirky sense of humor, and I think she blends in nicely with the cast um, for the most part.
1: Um,
0: then the other part of the tea that came out of the Beverly Hills reunion was that. Um, Sutton, unfortunately, towards the end of the, the taping, she passed out and had to be taken to the hospital. And so, um, Garcelle went with her and, but it's, I've, I believe she's fine now. I've heard that she's doing okay. And that I, I mean, they didn't say what happened exactly, or like maybe someone out there knows. Um, more details. I don't know exactly what came out of her going to the hospital, but I mean, it could be a number of things, honestly, like she could have not been feeling well already and maybe she didn't eat something or maybe she didn't eat enough or maybe her blood sugar was off. Um, But we'll probably see it play out if it happened towards the uh, end of filming for the reunion. But they're not going to obviously. We're not going to get a another cast photo this this reunion because obviously last year we didn't get one either um, because Kyle was distraught, um, and that was pretty much it. There's not. I don't know exactly where we're at yet because I feel like we have a few more things coming up with Beverly Hills. Uh, it, coincidentally, though, I was a little bit interested to. Because, if you guys have noticed, Crystal has been, uh, you know, shading Dorit. Because, rightfully so, Dorit's comments towards Crystal on that last episode was, like, just... She has no... She literally is in a bubble. Anyways. So, Crystal is clearly speaking out. It's, It's just funny that the timing of it all is happening when they filmed the reunion. So I wonder how that was. Like, I wonder how activated Crystal was during this reunion. Because also, I don't know what else is. happening We don't know yet, like, how much more of the season we have left. I would believe it's, like, another four episodes, maybe five. Um, We know the season finale is going to be Erica performing at Kyle's White Party. So whenever that comes up, but I feel like that's coming up soon. Um, And the seating chart obviously has Kyle next to Andy, of course. Um, And next to Kyle, it's Erica. Next to Erica, it's Dorit. And next to Dorit, it's Anne-Marie. And then on the opposite side, Sutton has her seat next to Andy. Because obviously she had the most conflict with Kyle this season. And then next to Sutton is Garcelle and next to Garcelle is Crystal. So Um, well-deserved there for Sutton because I feel like she really worked her, she really earned her diamond and then now she's got her seat next to Andy at a reunion. So good for her. Um, You know, I'm a slutton over here. So I'm not ashamed to say that. Uh, glad that nothing serious uh happened, and you know if I'm honest, I'm ready for this season to kind of wrap up as 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 well um because honestly it's it's been a it's been an interesting transitional season for Beverly Hills, but the ratings are still strong, so it's we're still tuning in so it still has that pull to it and and the storylines are not awful, but it's just different and I think it's you know, we'll see how this goes because um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting because also I wonder how much Kyle gets grilled at the reunion because, you know, a lot happens towards the end more so when they pick up the cameras again. So we'll see. I think um, Kathy being there is kind of solidifying her return to possibly coming back next season. I mean, fingers crossed, at least on my side. Uh, All right. Last one, you guys. Sorry, this has been a very long winded, but I just want to bring you guys up to speed because so much was going on over the weekend. So anyways, as I mentioned, yes, Alexis Bellino has officially uh, signed on for Orange County. She's a friend of I posted a photo a few nights ago where she was filming with Heather Um, Dubrow and Emily Simpson and looked like they were having cocktails. Um, And then she made a Instagram post where it's clearly she's like glammed up. She's clearly like going to something that they're filming, probably like a get together or like drinks or dinner or some event. And her caption is go ahead, question me. I'll give you the truth. You don't want to hear but it's her hashtags that made me laugh out loud because it's like hashtag bring it, hashtag speak, hashtag truth, hashtag I will still bring love. Hashtag pink. Hashtag Jesus Barbie. Hashtag hot pink. Yeah. So it's on. She's basically it seems like she's basically like if if anyone tries to question the whole John Jansen thing. She's she's ready to go there. <sighs> we just got into this filming. So we still have a little ways to go. So it'll be interesting to see the developments um and what comes out about it. I hope not too much gets leaked around the season. I kind of like the element of surprise if I'm honest. So I hope I hope we get a little bit, obviously, because you'd want a little bit of tea, but like don't give us the full play Like I don't want anything like two out there where we know exactly what the storylines are um but you know i'll always keep you guys posted there because i i think this is going to be really interesting this season with um the shift in friendships uh with shannon and tamra alexis being back you know a lot's shifted in a short amount of time and you know it's going to be really interesting to see how everyone handles it uh what else all right i think that's it guys let's uh quickly recap real housewives of potomac golly nutrition is an inventive people-focused nutrition company committed to providing innovative products that make taking your daily supplements simple and delicious their products are formulated with quality ingredients you can pronounce and flavors your taste buds will absolutely enjoy and at the core of it all they lead with purpose golly for good is an initiative committed to playing a profound role in supporting the health of our planet as well as our local communities learn more about their initiatives such as b corp certification vitamin angels partnership and eden reforestation projects at their golly for good page and if you use my special code the giorgio says at checkout you will receive a special discount now let's get back into the episode all right, so obviously this episode really solidified for me that Potomac has like too many different shows happening in one because um, a lot of the ladies are not willing to move on with some of the other ladies that they have conflicts with in order to keep things moving to build more cohesiveness within the cast. Um. And now I'm seeing, after watching this episode, Wendy's following suit and doing the same type of thing with Neca, And it's just so infuriating that this is, like, even happening. Like, I don't understand what they think is supposed to come out of not moving forward with these ladies when you are being paid to film with these women and the point of your interactions is to have the conflicts so that you can then resolve them. I understand people can be upset for a minute but at some point we've got to we've got to facilitate the conversation we've got to wrap it up and we've got to try to move on at least try you know but these ladies are like Giselle's refusing to be around Wendy refusing to be around Candace okay so then how are we all supposed to keep moving along in this group So I really feel like that is really making the energy of the season like icky. Like I don't, I usually am super duper excited to watch Potomac. And now I feel like I'm only watching it for Karen because at least Karen has, she, she understands the assignment and she just has a great personality. She is the grand dame and, you know what? Like her storyline actually has some like some meat and potatoes on it, while she's still trying to like be sassy and and be shady and and do all of that. Um, because if we didn't have that, if Karen wasn't on this season or something, I probably would have stopped watching. I'm gonna be honest because it's really like there's nothing going on in anybody else's life. We're not seeing too much. We we saw Neca's house with boxes everywhere like we're learning a little bit more about her like personal journey with her husband and the baby uh trying to have a start her family that process and we have like Wendy who is just talking about this show that she's trying to get up off the ground for her YouTube channel okay And that it's stressful because she just hired a new production team, which we already knew that from last week's episode. But like, like Eddie's storyline is more interesting because Eddie says that he's investing in a cannabis uh, facility or, you know, some sort of like venture in that space. And he's calling it um,
1: Happy Eddie. Which he got that name
0: from Sesame street. Remember she called him, you know, happy Eddie. So that's more interesting to me. Cause I don't know. I mean, we haven't really seen Wendy do anything either so that the least bit, like why not have NECA and Wendy have a conversation and why is it this much of a resistance? If it's not true, or if there's something that is a misunderstanding, how are we going to get through it? NECA is like holding on to this one thing. Thankfully, you know, we got a little bit more out of her this episode, because I feel like every time we've seen her, she's just like, it's about Wendy and this whole shrine
1: of it all. But at any rate,
0: like I said, thank God for Karen, because, you know, she has to go up to um, the Wooden family farms and she wants to also invite some of the ladies to come with her to Surrey County because why not? They can help with the landscaping, they can help clean up some of the debris from like, you know, the fallout. And honestly, like I feel like this is such a great story for Karen to be able to show because it's like showing that like the lineage in which that that house and everything it came with is now like coming back full circle and it's on Karen's terms and it's it's so powerful that was probably my one of my favorite uh scenes when they started going into that um the blessing or whatever and they were kind of doing the flashbacks of how they started to look back at the lineage and who was where and like basically like the family tree but from like they were on a plantation like that's like got to be like I don't even I can't even imagine but like it, it's a very powerful like story and I know like the edits on Surrey County and all that are like more humorous but the fact that she's able to keep that in her family is huge in my opinion at least Um also Giselle and Ashley are starting an athleisure line and they're calling it GNA stands for Giselle and Ashley Yes. Um I don't I don't understand what this is. It feels like an idea that was thrown together for a storyline um also like a business of some sort. I know their full line isn't launching until spring of 2024, but they currently have some merch on their uh GNA apparel website, but I don't think that we need another athleisure line. Um, Certainly don't think that those two would be able to understand what everyone's looking for in athleisure. They don't. I mean, in terms of builds and stuff like in lifestyle, like Ashley doing this by herself would have made more sense because at least like, okay, fine. She's athletic. She's got, a nice build. She has a nice body. She's very active. She's like, that's believable. But then it's just like watching the scene with them looking at the fabrics and like Giselle's picking out velour and it's like, that's Ash is like, that's not breathable, babe. She's like, oh yeah, you're right. Like, cause it, that's
1: what I mean. It's just like, well.
0: And she says, like, Giselle says it's a, it's gonna be a mix of Lululemon. And Savage by Rihanna, in terms of the vibe. So definitely going to have some bedazzled situations on some of the leggings. Um, However, you know we'll see what we'll see what it is. I believe they showcase some of it, or they have a party for their line down the road this season. So hopefully we get to see some of the product. So you know. Don't judge don't judge it yet I won't I'll I'll be I'll be watching to see what it is I still don't think we need any other I don't think we need more athleisure line like there's so many I think we're good I don't think you're solving any other problems there um Karen uh like I said she's going to Surrey County she has to invite some of the ladies simply can't invite all of them only because she doesn't have enough liability insurance, as she stated. So she put all the ladies' names in a fishbowl and she drew out, I believe, however many she could bring with her. Now this is what again, why I love Karen, because she purposefully sent out a text saying my selected Attendees, and you know, she calls them all out asking them to join her. And because Karen invited Candace and Wendy, Giselle and Robin opted to not go. Now, Robin, in my opinion, just made an excuse because she already knew Giselle wasn't going to go so if Giselle wasn't going she wasn't going to go by herself because that would leave Robin isolated for any of those women to want to question her more directly about the one, like the want of it all um so obviously she's not going to do that if she doesn't have her friend there to back her up or try to protect her so she's not going so now Karen has to essentially you know pick Other people. So she picks NECA and Mia as like second choice. And Mia felt some type of way about that and said, No, I'm not jumping to your urgency last minute invite. Basically, like, F off. Like, I wasn't your first pick. Like, don't try to like fill in the slot with me, which I get. Like, I would be a little pissed off about that too. Um, And NECA, she realized that she wasn't picked first, obviously, because when Giselle and Cherise came to see NECA's house, they talked about this because, you know, Giselle was like explaining why she wasn't going to go. And this is also where I realized these women are not going to move forward and it's going to impact the show going forward. It already has because she says, I'm not going to interact with Candace or Wendy. That's it. Like, no way, no how, like not happening. And I find that to be like, like, I get it. Like I'm not saying Giselle didn't get all those death threats and that it wasn't like things being directed at her. But at the same time you're on a show and this is your coworker and you guys get paid to film with each other. So at some point you need to find a way to move on. That's that's the point of being on these shows. Like It's just annoying when they start to cl- get, become clicky and then they break off because then we get what we got this last episode. A hodgepodge of content. Nothing felt like it ran through consistently in terms of storyline, overarching storyline, if you will. It just felt like everyone had their own show and we were seeing clips of different shows in one episode because even when they throw in this unnecessary scene where... Mia goes with Robin to some salt spa where they go into a salt room cave, which looks actually pretty cool. However, the content was ridiculous. They're just laying there. They're talking about absolutely nothing. Mia's talking about how she retained a lawyer about a year ago from that point. Um, and was looking into divorcing Gordon and I don't even remember what else she brought up. I think maybe her her point, like maybe they were trying to get her to talk to talk to Robin so that Robin would open up more about the Juan stuff, but it didn't work because as soon as she asked, like, "Well, are you and Juan in therapy?" Robin's like, "No, we don't. We haven't gone to therapy because we don't have a problem with each other. It's just like separately they have issues outside of their home. It's just not between the both of them, so they don't feel the need for therapy." Which I'm like, "Are you joking?" So anyways, I'm not going to try to unpack that whole bag of rocks because that is like, it's so clear that no one is, she's she's not going to give up any information. I don't know what will happen at the reunion. Like maybe she'll be grilled more, but it doesn't feel like they're really asking that many questions. And if they are, it's being cut out. I don't know. Uh, unnecessary scene. Yawn fest. Surrey County. Uh, the ladies get there, like I said. Karen has a bless uh blessing ceremony for the property that she is acquiring and purchasing um the ladies on their way to Surrey County, oh, yes, on the way to Surrey County, which by the way, I would not be they would have had to get a bigger sprinter van for that like length of travel because it looked very claustrophobic, like, I would have probably needed, like, multiple breaks, like, because I can't, I was getting, like, a little panicky, like, when they kept showing, like, where Candace and Wendy were, and because Ashley was also in the very back, so it just felt like everyone was literally on top of each other, so I was, like, why didn't you guys just get a bigger van, um, but nonetheless. Ashley lets everyone know that she and Giselle are starting the GNA fat like athleisure line and Wendy and Candace quite literally bust out laughing and said, like, are you joking? Like for real? Like why are you two linking up to start an athleisure wear line? Like that doesn't make sense. Absolutely. Does that make sense? And Ashley knows it doesn't make sense because she was also laughing at it. Like she knew. You knew, Ashley, that this is not it. This is not the vibe. So, but like I said, we haven't seen the the final products. So I'm not gonna judge it yet. Maybe it's cute. Maybe I'll get some GNA. Who knows? All I know is NECA's really trying to resolve things or come to some like neutral. Grounds with Wendy, because she does invite all of the ladies on the van to her unpacking house party, where I guess you invite people over to your new home and they help you unpack all of your shit. Uh, that doesn't sound like something I would be interested in doing, but uh, I mean, I might help you unpack one box and then drink champagne with you and like, we can order pizza, but I'm not going to unpack all your boxes for you now. Um, But nonetheless, uh, obviously, Wendy felt like they were putting her on the spot. Because then Ash is like, "Did you hear? She invited you too." And she was just like, "Yeah, like twenty million steps forward on this." Like, meaning, like we haven't even had a conversation. But then it's like, "Well, why aren't you guys having the conversation?" Seems like you don't want to have the conversation. She's trying to move forward with you. You're not allowing her to have the conversation to try to move on. So she's trying other ways by including you and inviting you to the unpacking party for her new home like that's her way of trying to put her foot in the door because you're not allowing for her to have dialogue and explain her side so that you can explain your side and maybe try to come to some sort of middle ground because then when we when we're done cleaning up the yard and we're having lunch NECA again is ready to have the conversation She's very transparent yes I did call you a bitch you're right but you cussed at me too and like was just ready to have dialogue and Wendy shut it down she shut it down she was like nope 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 I'm not gonna do this you're not worth my time and it's just like right I think I understand Wendy not wanting to continue entertaining the conversation when it was in regards to her mom, because she's protecting her mom. But at the same time, this to me makes it look worse when you're not even willing to discuss it. Like I would be in there being like, yeah, I want to have this conversation with her. I would love to have this conversation with NECA if like I was in Wendy's position, because I would want to have some time to clear things up so that it's not this like weird narrative being thrown out there. And then you just go silent and say, I'm taking the high road where it's like, no, it's not about taking the high road. You should have the conversation for a number of reasons, but the main reason is so we can move the storyline along because as of right now, NECA's storyline is this shrine thing. And it's just,
1: No one has shit going on this season. And I feel like we're going to get like
0: this like little buildup of intensity for the last bit of the season. And then that's going to somehow like make it better. I doubt it. I think the reunion will also reflect that. And it'll really depend on how they go about this whole situation with Juan. And everything that's going on, not just with the mistress situation, but him losing his job and all the allegations that are there in that situation. So I don't know. We also have the other situation with Candace being sued by Michael Darby. So like, I don't know where that lands for them going forward because they don't like each other one bit either. But I will say at least Candace is professional enough. She can put that stuff aside to make a good she can make good content when if you know knowing what the situation is. So I, I I do feel like she's good in that way. And she is professional in the sense that she shows up and she does her best. I mean, I feel like she, I mean, she's not perfect by any means, but none of them are. But she tries to give 100% in every situation she's in. So I, I don't know. I just, I feel like they need a little shakeup. I think it's a little too clicky.
1: It's a little bit too quick to just ice people without having
0: the conversation. So no, I don't think that's gonna make Wendy look good. Cause she's not allowing for that. And Giselle too, she's not allowing for people to have a moment to move on. Robin doesn't clearly want to have anything to do with Robin. So, well then what, are we, what show are we watching? What show are we watching?
1: It's wild. So hopefully it's coming to an end soon.
0: Like, like, I'm hopeful that they, but it's only episode 10. So I feel like we have a little ways to go, but hopefully it starts to pick up because I don't know how much more I can do with if Like if Karen's not in the scene, it's really hard because it, it just feels like filler scenes. Anyways, let me know your thoughts. Let me hear your thoughts on everything because this is a lengthier podcast episode, but I'm I'm cool with it because I, I updated you guys on a lot of stuff. I'm also a ranter. So if you don't like that, then you can get on out because that's part of my uh thing. I'm a storytelling ranter at times and I can go and go and go. Anyways, uh, in all seriousness, thank you guys for um, tuning in. Thank you guys for commenting, letting me know your thoughts keeping it real with me. And uh, yeah, I think we've covered everything, right? I covered pretty much all the stories I wanted to get you guys up to speed on. This week, I will be recapping Vanderpump Rules with Caitlin Marshall. So if you guys were tuning in to our podcast, I was doing the Salt Lake City recap with her on her podcast, Besties by Bravo. So obviously now Salt Lake City has come to a close. So now we have Vanderpump Rules starting their new season premieres tomorrow, but I will be recapping it on her podcast on Thursdays. I will see you guys uh, tomorrow for the next episode. Bye.